Come on. Math. Everybody, welcome back to the only podcast produced by three two-time winners of IMSA's Spirit of the Race Award. You're tuned into the Check Engine Podcast. We're hosted on Anchor.fm, and we are streamed worldwide on all those platforms that you use to listen to your favorite shows. Nick, Andrew, and Tristan are back after, I guess you could call it a spring break, uh, a, a week away. I don't know if it was by choice or by design. But hey, yeah. um, I don't even remember anymore. Yeah, I don't even know. There was some technology issues. There was some injury issues. <laughs> oh, yeah, that, that's right. Yeah. My mom, my mom. Yeah. See my <laughs> see my comment on our Facebook status. Uh, someone needs to stop, you know, grievously wounding and damaging themselves before we can get back to normal. So, Tristan, yeah, how is your foot? Um, I found out something, found out something new. Uh, I didn't know about sprained ankles. Apparently the first time you do it, uh, it's way worse. It looks way worse than it is. So I was diagnosed with, you know, six to eight weeks in a, uh, in a brace and you know, you're going to need a bunch of physical therapy. Holy shit. Went to the physical, went to the physical therapy. The physical therapist went, nah, <laughs> Wait, uh, hold on. You've never sprained your ankle before. No. What? Not that one. Certainly. <laughs> we only have two, right? <laughs> I'm I'm not genetically predisposed predisposed to ankle sprains. We just fall over. <laughs> like so, but, but the other one, the other one, you might have sprained, but this one, no, that certainly this one. not this one. Um, but yeah, so like it's you know, we just instead of rolling our ankles badly, we just fall over as a so. family, uh, as a family decision, as a genetic sort of defense. Yeah, my against... dad does it, and maybe I learned it from him. Who's who's to say nature versus nurture? But I Jessica can Jessica can attest to it as I go <laughs> flying across a trail where I trip on a rock in an effort to not actually fall over, but also not like break my ankle. So, whoa, I'm yep. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yep. But it feels, oh. it feels better now. Uh, yeah. I mean, better is always a relative thing because better is not good, but it feels better. Yes. So you're, so. you're coming around. I made it up the stairs to record this evening. So oh, that is, hey. that is a plus. And then we had, um, we were supposed to go yesterday, and then also Tristan, <laughs> your internet went out, so we couldn't. Mm. So, like, we point is, folks, we've been trying to record. <laughs> it's just things outside of our control have uh, have kept us from doing so. But but you know what? Is. We're not an excuses podcast. No, we are not. Um... We're not a we're not a race car driver reasons podcast. <laughs> that is <laughs> reasons in quotes. That is true. So, um, after our little break, what are we here to talk about? Well, Nick, I think I think since this was your idea, I think you should be the one uh, to introduce it properly, give it the proper credence. So, 
this literally it, it it actually came to me for whatever reason because I'm not a someone who like remembers their dreams. Oh my god, I was hoping you would say in a dream, but it actually came to me in a dream. <laughs> it was really weird. I I just like woke up and I'm like, <gasps> and I immediately uh got to you guys on the WhatsApp and told you about it. But you know, you hear about like crossbreed um, dogs are like all the rage now your golden doodles and what have you. And you hear about like cross pollinating plants and all this kind of stuff. So my thought was, can we apply that theory and come up with some cool car crossbreeds or cross pollinations? Some may argue like it's already being done like with an LS swap, like putting a huge massive engine in a tiny little hatchback or something like that. But can we think outside the box? Like the example I sent these guys was, you know, what if you mixed an F-350 with a smart car? You know, like what would happen? Like if, so that's the, that's the topic we want to try to explore this evening to the best of our ability. Like what platforms are set up best for that kind of cross pollination or what are the wackiest combinations we can come up with? And uh, we want to hear from you too. Like what are the wackiest car cross pollination examples y'all can come up with? So that's how we're going to spend the next, uh, well, we'll see if we can get a good 30, 45 minutes out of it. How about that? <laughs> but I'm, I'm, I just want him to talk because first, before we get into any of that, what we need to address is the fact that Nick clearly was dreaming about cars breeding. <laughs> hey, no, no kink shaming, Andrew. Well, we've discussed this. It's fun. <laughs> <laughs> so what is, what does that mean? If you guys were like, well, my what therapists, I'm saying is, like, what is that? Well, what is my takeaway from that? But I, my concern would be, did the cars have faces? Like, was it like cars in the movie Cars? For, for these anthropomorphized cars, Nicholas. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, honestly, from what I remember, it was this scene right here. Like, it was oh, no. us just sitting talking about okay, show okay, ideas. Okay. <laughs> and I just suggested it to you guys. So, so he's not, it's not a sex thing. He's an oracle. I really, really thought out. that he was about to pull, send us a clip from cars. I really <laughs> thought that that was about to happen. No, no, no. So like in, in the dream, we were talking about episode ideas and that was one that I came up with. And then I woke up and I'm like, oh, I didn't actually tell them that I need to. <laughs> <laughs> what is real and what is dreams? Well, anyways, we we're, all right. All right. As long as. He's not revealing something about his sexual desires regarding the movie Cars. I guess we can actually talk about the topic. Yeah, it'll be fun, I think. Before we do that, though, I do have a quick story about... We haven't done neat car news in a while. True. So, I want to... This started out as neat car news, and then it turned into more of a facepalm, and you'll see where I'm going with this in a second. So, driving into work... And I am coming past a early 2000s Civic Type R, like a two generations ago, I would say. And um, white car, either full red or at least like red trimmed interior. Um, it had the nice burble exhaust tips. It was tastefully done. It was lowered. Not my thing, but hey, if that's what this guy wants to do, it was it was it was a really, really nice vehicle. And then I got up alongside it and I saw there was a bunch of 
decals going down the side. On a Honda Civic, all of the decals were Toyota Racing Development. <laughs> well, my my question actually starts before that. I thought, I was pretty sure, in fact, that the current gen or previous gen, whatever, Civic R uh, was the first one to ever come to America. Because there have been hmm. other Type R's. But the one before this was that kind of space agey one they had on Top Gear with the uh, rocket ship uh, door pulls. And then the one before that, if I'm right, was the sort of like wedge shape one you're talking about, Nick. But I don't think that R ever came here. I think people made them with stickers. Well, maybe it was then. But this this guy made them with incorrect stickers then. Um he got his Japanese auto giants mixed up in a big way. Or maybe it is engine swap. Maybe, maybe this is a portent. Maybe it was a crossbreed in the wild. Oh man. All the signs are pointing to this being a great episode. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, realistically though, that could be the thing, right? What was because the, what was this? The super engine that everyone's so, um, the Jay-Z the Jay-Z uh, engine. Maybe you put a Jay-Z engine in a Civic. Two, two Jay-Z. Two Jay-Z. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, maybe that... I was just thinking, like, the engine out of a... Maybe he blew up the engine that came with it and put a, you know, Corolla engine in it or something. It says here the first Type R to get here was uh, the Integra Type R in 1997. That is uh, famously from um, Fast and the Furious, right? Uh, I believe so, yes. But yeah, I just thought... So yep. ma- maybe right. maybe it was a, a crossbreed and we didn't even know... I didn't even know about it, but I'm, I'm sitting there thinking, man, you did some really nice work to that car <laughs> and you just put the wrong brand stickers all over it. That's interesting. What are you doing? You're doing it wrong. <laughs> it's not like they don't have HPD stickers. I know, but I mean, that's, you know, that's not as fun. Call Eversley. He'll get you some. (laughs) It's not (laughs) as fun. I don't know. I'm just trying to guess because, I mean, uh, you have to assume that there's a reason, right? You got to you got to imagine. What if he did it just just to fuck with people because he enjoys people giving him confused looks? That could be, too. I feel like I've seen something like that recently, but I can't quite remember what it actually was. It was truck related this time. And I want to say it was, I can't quite remember it, but yeah, it was something very similar, right? Where, uh, for whatever reason, they just did it wrong. (laughs) Hey man, you're doing it wrong. (laughs) I mean, is there, is there a better way to describe it? It's just wrong. It is. Yeah, no, I agree. It's, I just thought it was super weird. And then I thought, man, I got to tell, tell the guys about this. <laughs> oh my God. I have, I have a civic related, got to tell you a story. Oh yeah. 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 So that's when Nick was kind of preambling this before the episode, he was like, so I thought was this story about a civic. And I was like, was it an SI? Because pictures incoming. Uh, I, I saw a, one of these. It's a, like a 2017, um, 2017 Civic Si. 
and that's what yeah. the back of it looks like. Before. Mm-hmm. Ignore that. That's just I found a copy. I found a picture to copy. <laughs> oh, okay. Mm-hmm. And directly above the rear exhaust tip, someone, the the owner, I'm assuming it's the owner, <laughs> had, placed, could have been had anyone. placed this decal. I mean, it could have been anyone because it would also make a great joke. i will i will post these two pictures together in a you know you know stitch together instagram image for you guys Um, yeah yeah but it is a 2017 honda civic si exhaust tip (laughs) and the hdmi brand logo Um, (laughs) and i thought to myself I never associated those two things, but it is one hundred percent correct. You can't, you, <laughs> you can't unsee it now. No, the car no, is I ruined. One hundred percent. I expect that you can plug that car into a TV, and <laughs> oh, something will happen. That's great. <laughs> just yeah. the TV on the wall and this giant Civic just poking out the side. Yeah, <laughs> it's the little things sometimes, you know. Yeah, that's, that's it, it was otherwise on seemingly mm-hmm. unmodified or anything else, but. Just that decal right over the exhaust on the back. I mean, major. And I major almost died. <laughs> yeah, major props to car owner or random vandal, whoever. <laughs> and yeah, ended up doing that. But <laughs> most creative vandal ever. That's amazing. I'll um, say you mean random genius. Yeah, yeah. That's awesome. Uh, I actually have something that's of critical importance that I almost forgot about, but thanks to Tristan's uh, story, there I remembered. <laughs> I need you guys to make a decision for me. No. Whoa. Make yes. your own decisions. No. So here's what happened. Uh, I got my summer tires on my car, whatever it was, a couple weeks ago, probably two weeks ago, let's say. And uh, was going fine. Suddenly realized one of the tires lost a couple pounds. No big deal. Long story short, clearly it just started losing more and more air. So I'm like, God damn it. Looking at the wheel nothing on it spray it down with water don't hear anything so i'm like fine i'll take it to the goddamn tire place when it's losing like 10 pounds a day i finally take it in oh shit okay um <laughs> finally <laughs> and they're like eh, 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 screw in the sidewalls like, god damn it so uh i was obviously mad about this and so they say well your tires are probably new enough where you can just buy the one instead of buying four so i bought the one and it's a um a, a falcon sport tire like a clear upgrade over the stock uh what was on there nexons something like that yeah so i just have like one good tire on my car and of course (laughs) i didn't i didn't replace all four because it was you know whatever whatever hundred dollars five five hundred bucks something like that so i'm just like uh i don't want to pay that but clearly i should just go get three new tires right so so they're mismatched you have a falcon with i have i have one falcon and three nexons um, I would, I don't think you need to, they're not like race tires where they're branded. You're not going to look like a goon in that way. No, but it is as a brand new, they said like the, the tread on the other tires was, you know, clearly fine. So in the green, but it is like noticeably deeper tread on the new tire. I'm like, well, is this really helping anything? It's in the back. So it's not, you know, like screwing with the drivetrain or anything like that. I'm just like, ugh, should I just 
bite the bullet and go buy the other three tires. They're probably going to be better than the stock ones anyway. I already use winter tires, so it's not a huge deal if they happen to be worse than the than the next and all seasons. They'll probably be better. Eh. What do you think, Tristan? Uh, man, I don't know. I've always had to deal with cars that have all-wheel drive and if you did that you you're just totally hosed um exactly you just so, buy the tires like i i you know have this weird obsessive compulsive desire to always have exactly the same tires um like even if like one got punctured and i'm not sure it will regularly hold as much air as the other ones even after mm-hmm. it's patched I'm like i don't want to have like a huge pressure discrepancy and hurt my differential i don't think it'll blow it up but you know could hurt it um so I, I always replace all my tires all the time, which is a remarkably expensive habit. Um, but uh, <laughs> it, is. The, it, uh, it is expensive. That's the thing, right? But, it's just like that was the shitty part. Yeah, it would depend on, you know, if what you can find out about those tires, if they are all around better tires and would give you, you know, a better experience in any way and contribute to having the same tires all the way around. I would they say are rated higher. But here's the actual reason that I think that might be an improvement. The one thing that those Nexons do that is kind of annoying, they are loud as hell on the freeway. I would think that any tire would be an improvement over those. I don't know what the deal is with stock tires and being super loud. I put all terrain. I put all terrain tires on my Outback. All terrain tires. And they're quieter than the stock tires. That's what I'm saying. Like I, I think it might be like that where I mean these are well whatever it is, the, 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 the Falcon sport GS AT, some, some shit like that. Uh, and I'm just assuming that they're going to be better simply because they're not stock tires, which are always going to be like fine all around, but they're never selecting that tire for quietness on the freeway or for sport performance or for grip or for anything other than getting three out of five in every category. You know what I mean? And EPA <laughs> numbers on the, it comes, uh, yes. it comes with these tires. This is what our mileage is and they're hard as a rock to achieve that. Correct. Yeah. So I think I should just fucking do it. it sucks, but as much as I don't want to spend your money for you, that's also my vote. Yeah, <laughs> just All right, cool. Now uh, I'll, I'll have to do that. All right. Glad we got that sorted out for you. Yeah. If you're if your three tires are good though, maybe they'll buy them from you. Uh, some, place, some places do that if they sell used tires. Potentially, they might. I, I would imagine. See, I think it's that thing. So my car like has eleven thousand miles on it, which clearly the tires aren't going to be worn out. But they're also eleven thousand miles on the shittiest roads anywhere in the world because from here to Milwaukee, it's nothing but a single crater divided up into small holes all over the road. <laughs> yes, it's 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 you know it's crater expansion joint crater expansion joint yeah unreal i that was kind debris. Of, that is kind of what i thought that maybe i actually bent a rim because i remember hitting a brand new pothole the other day and i was like fuck oh that one wasn't here before <laughs> yeah. just so da- you know when you do that it's you hit it so damn hard and you're like it's over yep. it's totally game over i've had yep. i've had those was, hard had that- moments multiple occasions like <laughs> yeah. oh shit <laughs> Almost yeah. not at all since I have had the Outback, but the WX was oh, nice. all that. Because, I mean, you've got, like, what, five inches of suspension travel and a three-inch sidewall. Like, it's, you know, right. it's, yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm fine. <laughs> 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 uh, 
Well, all right, all right. So um, Tristan made me poor. That's fine. Uh, I should probably just not do the first it anyway. time, <laughs> and it won't be the last. Exactly. All right. What uh, what are we doing? We're 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 uh, we're Temple Grandin, but for cars. Here we go. Yeah, but before we do that, real quick, um, if you want to send us your submissions, listeners, we should tell you how to get a hold of us. Um, you can find us on Facebook by looking up Check Engine Podcast. Andrew, where can they find us on Twitter? Uh, Check Engine Pod. But beware, I'm very mad online these days because I'm so I'm so sick of this Elon Musk shit. We're not doing. We're not talking about Elon Musk. But just be wary. Don't go on Twitter. If you can hear uh, this, don't go yeah. on Twitter. I mean, if if you do and you're in search of Andrew, beware. He is he is spicy. I'm just yeah. wondering about the these days part. He's angry online these days. These days. But these it's days are every these, days. But it's worse <laughs> these days. Worse than normal. <laughs> Everyone, don't go on Twitter. Oh, my God. All right, fine. Well, then they can go to Instagram instead. Tristan, where can they go to, go to find us there? Yeah. Yep. In the lesser of two uh, social media corporate overlords, um, you can uh, you can come and visit us on Instagram, at CheckEnginePod. There you go. So be sure to like, share, post, follow, DM, reach out. Um, give us your craziest car crossovers. Uh, ask us questions to answer on air. Let us know what you like or dislike. Give us topic ideas, all that good stuff. We look forward to hearing from you. But now, yes, let's get into this. If we were to cross pollinate vehicles, where do we start? Like, what is our base? Do we base it off of the bigger vehicle? off of a smaller vehicle do we try to match like like it depends on which one's female (laughs) what would be considered a female car tristan i don't know that was a joke aren't they all sexual dimorphism (laughs) yeah yeah yep so um i mean you know my first thought always comes to right it's you put the innards of one vehicle into the shell of another. <laughs> the outards of another. <laughs> <The> outards. <laughs> I okay, so here's here's the honest thing for me about this. I struggled with this because I'm so goddamn brain broken by electric cars and by um the Ute. So fundamentally, anytime I'm thinking about cars that should be something else. It's either going to be some sort of hybrid or it's going to be a ute, which is great. But on the other hand, it doesn't really get you anywhere. Right. Uh, That's yeah. The El Camino slash ute is like a perfect example of what I'm talking about. (laughs) Actually, put a truck bed on everything. That would be great. End of episode. See you guys later. The pickup truck VW Rabbit. Sure. Yes, exactly. That That existed. Yeah. um, What was that one? bizarre uh kit car company we found that did uh pickup trucks out of um dodge literally everything uh, dodge challengers yeah. or chargers those yeah those charger oh those were sick i mean that's sort of like the perfect thing but is that enough does that go far enough in terms of crossbreeding it probably doesn't it, it doesn't so do you want to try to just build a perfect one together for a few minutes I think that might be better than trying to go around the horn and have like put everybody on the spot and say, you think of one. <laughs> sure. Why not? I mean, so I guess the question would be, is, is the goal is the best idea to start with complete opposites? Cause you mentioned, of course, the truck and the smart car, which is kind of hot, but also 
like, is that what we're really going for? Something that is small or just because their functions are diametrically opposed. Is that what so comes to mind first? What, what I, what I said that I just thought, because like, because they're so opposite, it would be crazy. Right. Like, Hey, that would be crazy. But like, if we're actually putting together like the best version of this, like we've, I think we've got to end up with something that we think at least is going to give like the best like experience for the driver. Right. Like it's going to, if we're going to cross pollinate stuff, like it's got to have a little bit of something for everybody. Right. Sure. Because technically the point of, of crossbreeding a plant or animal is to improve the breed. Yeah. And often very specifically to bring the best parts of one organism into a different one um like without even crossbreeding just um grafting for fruit trees it's like oh you know put the put the roots of one tree and stick another tree on top of it because the roots are better set up for this soil but we want oranges you know right. <laughs> like you know um but oranges yeah i had a good one i mean i don't know if you if you want to build one together but i had one that i was kind of proud of, and maybe it would be a good example. Maybe yeah, it's not. Good. You guys, I mean, you guys can laugh at me. Um, but we're ta- we're talking about like pulling the best characteristics of things into other things. And actually, what I had come up with was actually using the guts of of all things a Chevy Volt. Okay, um, pre burn or post burn? No, not the bolt. The, oh, the bolt. bolt. My fault. Yeah. Um, now that was, uh, remind me, that was a plug-in hybrid or that was a electric that, mode? Don't, I don't that know. was the, that was the, you know, diesel electric locomotive car where basically they used the engine running at its most efficient to power a generator to power the electric motors. And it also had, you know, hybrid style batteries where it could go like 20 miles on a charge or whatever. That's but right. after it ran out of charge, it would use the gas motor to power the electric motors. Um, and it, it got phenomenal range for, you know, for a vehicle of its kind, you know, you know, your trips to the gas station were really far apart. Um, and it would only run when the batteries needed to be charged. So um, it would kind of kick on and off as you were driving just to kind of punch you along that next 20 miles or whatever. Um, sure, sure, sure. So I was thinking that that would be almost the sweet spot between a lot of Ford's current offerings um, for trucks. Um not that I would try to necessarily crossbreed this with an F-150 because they've kind of got their whole own thing figured out, but you could, you know, sticking within the family, you could apply the, the Chevy Volt concept to like the Silverado or, um, you know, Colorado family. Um, and basically you get all the benefits of electric motors in a truck, you know, huge immediate torque, um, you know, that kind of thing with, without the range limitations. And you'll be using it the most, the most efficiently. While you do that, you could have a you know, a three cylinder engine in your truck, and you know get unlimited unlimited electricity to drive your electric motors. Um, and then yeah, you'd have a great ability to tow and haul. You'd get excellent gas mileage doing so, because um, a lot of 
the issue with towing and hauling is that if you've got, you know, especially a gas tow vehicle and especially a turbocharged one, a lot of, you know, new trucks like the other, you know, turbocharged four cylinder or the EcoBoost, you know, F-150s, you're on the boost all the time, which, you know, thirds your mileage. Um, so if you've got a very small, efficient motor driving electric, you know, generating power for an electric motor, you know, that's a tried and true way to haul a ton of stuff long distances with a train. Um, so I think you could go as big or small with this concept as you wanted to. You could put, you know, a four cylinder diesel in a 3,500 truck and put just massive electric motors in it and, and tow a mountain from <laughs> LA to New York. Um, you know, and I think that it's something that I'm sure some clever person will tell me why that's not valid because they haven't done it already. But that was like the first thing that jumped to my mind is pairing that bolt style drivetrain to a tow haul vehicle right away. That jumped right to mind. So I wonder if it's an issue with, with like off the line speed. Well, they'd be theoretically going full electric, you know? Yeah. I mean, you'd be going full electric. So you'd have, you know, you'd have access to all of your torque from the second you hit the pedal. So you wouldn't think it would be an issue unless it was the other way. It's like, Oh, these guys are snapping, you know, trailer balls because they're, you know, they're <laughs> yanking a, you know, yanking a, a 10,000 pound trailer from zero to 20 miles an hour immediately. Um, you know, I think it's a great idea. Yeah. In which case you could, yeah. you could, it's all software. You can add a, you know, soft start feature where when you put your foot down, it actually will, gauge the strain on the motors and apply power more slowly or whatever but right it would be like just a version of snow mode basically mm -hmm. yeah start in second gear yeah oh well, yeah put your foot down and nothing happens at all Yeah, that's lexus lexus snow mode is literally starting in second gear oh really that's interesting yeah. yep it takes first gear out of the equation entirely i think it might be the same in the hyundai anyways that's okay i see so tristan's tristan's got the idea i think of this exercise so he I, seems to know, really know what he's doing he does and i i think you answered it already but just to clarify because i was looking up as you were talking about the volt just some of the statistics and the volt is coming in at 149 horsepower which probably isn't enough for like a big towing silverado but you're just saying the concept right. not the right exactly actual because physical parts because when like let's say this is actual genetics you know when you cross one thing with another you're gonna have you know the larger vehicle and the smaller vehicle kind of meeting in the middle as far yeah, as the parts as far as the parts go um you know, so automatically by choosing to this is getting out of hand by choosing to breed your bolt by choosing to breed your bolt with a 3500 Silverado, you're going to end up with a you know big set of electric motors. The so. capital N and the little N. Yeah, exactly. Punnett squares. <laughs> Punnett squares. Punnett square jokes. Um, Classical okay. genetics. Mendelian genetics, everybody. I wonder I wonder if the issue with this never getting applied to trucks is the fact that we're only now getting to the point where uh trucks are becoming electrified and it may have just been a question of it not being the right time also yeah, it, may, it might have been that the 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 when you're buying a 3500 truck you're most likely either buying it to drive it around because you make poor life choices or you're buying <laughs> it to or you're buying it to be like a professional rv delivery guy you know yeah. like that kind of thing like or i'm gonna tow 
15 horses somewhere or whatever. And it's, it's part of your job. You just eat the cost, you write off the fuel, whatever. And mm-hmm. there was never a, was never a reason to become more efficient. <gasps> Sorry. I just, I, I just remembered, uh, on Waikapadaya, uh, <laughs> related to the Chevy Volt, the very excited and underappreciated Cadillac ELR. Yes. Yeah. I was just trying to see if that if they uh, perhaps found a better power application for that same drivetrain, and it was the same drivetrain. Huh. Uh, that car. The, what did you say? One hundred and forty. One hundred fifty horsepower will round up for for easy maths. How many twisting powers? On the- oh, they did. They did. Uh, so in the ELR, exact same drivetrain, um, uh, 233 horsepower, peak torque 373. Which is really not bad. That's not bad at all. It's not the, you know, whatever the, you know, 3500 Ram has now. It's like a thousand foot, well, 10,000 yeah. foot pounds of torque. I don't know. But it's but, good for a zero to 60 time in the mid sixes, six and a half in the car. I mean, which is, you know, again, yeah. for the time, very, very uh, acceptable for, for the time. I wonder, I wonder if this will be something that boomerangs around again. I mean, this, it, this or, or if we've, or if we've passed it, in all but the most, you know, commercial or inaccessible situations, like these guys that are up, you know, logging all summer, and yeah. like they don't, they don't have grid power. They can, you know, when they go to town, they can fill up a tank of diesel, and you know, and that's what they use for the next three weeks or whatever, you know. Mm-hmm. But something that I thought would be useful if you were unable to go full electric well i mean that's a really really strong pull out of the gate like i don't know if we can come up with something that could actually beat that (laughs) yeah no sorry i'm just uh, (laughs) reading more about this car which i've always i think i've referred to as a joke but this is oddly intelligent so you know it has the standard mode like tristan that you were talking about um discharges the battery recharges it um maximum powertrain efficiency and minimum level of vibration uh for whatever reason that's important um there's also a hold driving mode that allows the driver to save energy in the battery for later use Uh, mountain mode which increases the minimum battery state of charge making the gasoline engine run sooner thus allowing the car to maintain performance on steep hills got it or mountains as it were Right. And then sport mode. Uh, and I think only for only one year, sport mode combined both the engine and the electric motor. So they weren't even doing that. It was only running on a slow electric motor to get a six and a half second zero to 60 time. They weren't even combining them accurately at this point in time. And this was in 2016, by the way. Yeah. Like this, this car was essentially new and they didn't really know what they were doing. Yeah, that that's interesting. I feel like, you know, they, they obviously have the IP, so they could go back to it anytime they wanted. Mm-hmm. So is it just the other electric technologies out there has, has already passed this up? 
possible. And they just wait, they just wait, don't wait, feel like it's valuable. Just, now we're just diving into this this car too much. We're just we're going way off on a tangent. So fuck. Good job, Tristan. Um, <laughs> hey, this isn't me. Uh, he hasn't sure he hasn't said a word. Yeah. I'm just sitting here watching. <laughs> yeah, but Don't if he wouldn't have brought watching. up this really good crossbreed suggestion, we wouldn't be going down this path. True. Um, I mean, clearly there's a better application for this exact thing now. We we I think we can say that with absolute certainty. Yeah, 100 percent. Yeah, I think it's actually a better time for it than when the Volt first came out. But that's a really good one, Tristan. I'm trying to think of, you know, like, I guess you can say it as a way crossovers already do this. Like, they call them crossovers. They are a cross, but car platform, SUV shell. Um, it's, it's so markety, though. It is markety, but, like, that's the idea, right? It's a combine the, the best of the smaller platform and the increased cargo space and all that other stuff, right? Versatility. Um so I'm just trying to think of what's another place we could start with, like what's good about a Yukon's size or whatever, and then what can we pull into it from from an, something completely different? To why can't why can't we go back to um, the Nissan Murano Cross Cabriolet and put soft top convertibles on? <laughs> On family style SUVs. Ooh. That's me that made me make a big sad face. Yeah. I don't understand. That was such a, <laughs> this is like a weird meme car. Or Tristan, we could go back to your favorite thing and do like washable interiors in cars. I know you love that. I do. I do. Yeah. Honda Element. Tristan's <laughs> no, favorite. Like the, like the Jeep Wrangler with the plugs in the floor. Yeah. <laughs> or the or the Honda Element. Honda Element. I don't know about that. I wouldn't know about that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. It's of no interest to me. Why would I know about it? So that's a, that's a good that's a good idea. Was there any value to like a convertible SUV? I mean, when when you you always want to answer that question, no. But then you think about Jeep, Bronco. Uh, that's kind of it. But anything that's international truly desi- scout. Anything that's truly designed to go off road, quote unquote. Yes. Those two, basically. Um, but what about like a Murano usually, or a Chevy Traverse? I was going to say something like that. Would it be better with like removable glass panels, T tops, you know, a double T top and H top? Ooh. <laughs> I don't know why T is double. I don't know why an H is two T's, but um, imagine that in your in your front and back. That'd be nifty. Put the T's butt to butt, Andrew, and it'll make sense. Yeah, there you go. (laughs) (laughs) But that's just that's just adding a random feature that doesn't exist. It's adding a random feature that doesn't exist. And here's one, though. Okay. Um, based on something that's happening now, rampantly after uh, Toyota. (laughs) What? Just the delivery. Yeah, the way you (laughs) said it. Happening now rampant the, the, the small hold because so, all right so remember when toyota introduced the fake off-road rav4 yeah 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 and now every everyone has a fake off-road thing trail rated uh no 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 not not anything close to that extensive literally just appearance packages is what we're talking oh, about oh yes now. yes um, yes okay so, 
to Tucson, uh, the Hyundai Tucson now is like a X something. I don't know. <laughs> something that, uh, the, the, it doesn't even have actual, uh, protective covers. They're literally made of plastic, but they list that as a feature plastic covers in the front and the rear. Okay. So, um, <laughs> okay. what value can you find in that? Not in an SUV. What value can you find in that in something that's like a car? What if, well, now you're just, now you're just going back to the Saturn commercials. Well, I kind of, right. But what about an off-road appearance package or like essentially truck-like features is something that could go into a car without meaningfully ruining it? Essentially, what you ended up is, is a lot of things <clears throat> like cross tracks, right? Yeah, I was going to say the cross track, and even to a certain extent, it wasn't. It would be one thing leads to another, not that it actually was this, but something like the uh, Toyota Matrix mm, or the, yes. um, you know, because if you've got, you know, it, it would be an unintentional hit with people who like higher seating positions, um, you know, that kind of thing. Like if you're looking at bigger wheels and tires, a little higher, more upright stance, you know, you've got better visibility you've got you know in wisconsin winters you don't clip your you know chin spoiler off on a two inch high piece of ice you know like there are certain benefits to quote-unquote off-road features on a you know more regular car it's something that i actually 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 thought of as well not this time around just in my past um when I was looking at like if I wish they had applied some of the, you know, outback, you know, tires, height, cladding, that kind of thing to its car parent and made like a, you know, legacy version of the Crosstrek. Um, and I think that would appeal to a few people, at least, especially in the Subaru community. I think you could be right. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And well, uh, like Suzuki SX4 also comes to mind, that little thing with all the yeah, drive. Yeah, yep. Um, but uh, looking at the legacy, I feel like that's kind of what they're banking on now. It is a weirdly high ride height in that thing. Yes. But I think it's... <laughs> No, I mean, I'm just, I'm just, I'm, I'm thinking through the thought, but, it, but it's not like the full, it's not like the full, like bring all the cladding and the off-road paraphernalia. Right. It's just, it's just more like, kind of like, like the Taurus was a very upright vertical sedan. That's it, I think it kind of has that same feeling, but there's, you're not going to tell me it's, you know, a soft rotor that, that Taurus <laughs> you love that term so i'm gonna use it as I much as it. i can well i feel like i feel like specifically with the legacy they're they're like two steps away and maybe this is what you would get essentially if you wanted to put more off-road stuff on uh cars you just get a bunch of uh hella lights and uh rally armor on your sedan which isn't a bad thing inherently but that is something that's kind of gone missing. You know what I mean? Since the WRX so confidently destroyed everyone else in the, in the street <laughs> rally car Olympics. Um, now everyone else just gets drift sticks and stupid manual transmissions that serve no purpose. 
yeah, I'm trying to find this article that I had read at one point. Um, it was like the percentage of Subaru owners that take they actually take their vehicle more or less off road. Um, <laughs> you know, like I consider the stuff like that, Nick, like you and I and Andrew, we do at Road America, where it's like it's raining, it's washed out, there's big rocks pickup truck pickup trucks are getting stuck you know i'll take my subaru down there you know um it's not necessarily not necessarily you know you know moab as they as they say um but you know that you know traction heavy you know your regular car isn't going to handle it kind of thing um and I'm, i'm wondering if you know like your suggestion andrew if that's if that actually is something that would be desirable if you you know could sell a family sedan, but you know, had an had an off a moderate amount of off road ability because this article I was reading is like there's a remarkably high percentage of Subaru owners that take their cars what could be classified as off road um, compared to things like Jeeps and Land Rovers and you know Ford Explorers and off road versions of pickup trucks things that they sell you know, with commercials that have them bounding happily through the woods. Um, you know, uh, most of those end up taking that off the, the yeah. on gravel. Yeah. Most of those exactly. end up, most of those end up safely and securely on the pavement. And it's not like no one buys an outback and only keeps it on the, and doesn't only keep it on the pavement. Like, you know, that's, you know, that, you know what I mean? There, there are, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> there, there are, there are people that they will never see, a speck of mud on their outback. Um, and that's, you know, that's to be no, that's, you know, to be understood, but, and expected, but there's actually a surprisingly high number of super owners that take their cars all over the hell in place, just all over. Um, and that's, uh, you know, I think it's an interesting thing that, that even that, you know, light dusting of off-road ability convinces people that they can just take their car places. And I wonder if that's something that, you know, you could, you know, bring that benefit to other cars that we like and make an off-road ish version of them. Um, if I could try to take that one step further, you're, you're talking about, you know, mainly sedans, things like the legacy. Is that too big? Like my thought is what if somebody, what if we got a Miata stoked for Moab or uh, well, an MR2 spider and like people do it out of their garage or custom shops do it but what if like a manufacturer were to like an off-road version of a Miata it's small it can get around in all the tight nooks and crannies that you might see on a trail add some suspension pieces to it bigger tires you'd have the aerial nomad yeah, yeah so, I think, <laughs> so I think there's something to it um just because even looking at like pickup trucks and SUVs like you know, Ford Ford will make the Raptor version of anything Ugh. now you know it's like now they've got like the Raptor <laughs> Maverick like just make it a Raptor focus you know <laughs> like but like make take a the, focus and then make a Raptor focus <laughs> yeah take the you know yeah first of all make the focus again and then like you know yeah the you know the focus RS you know all-wheel drive system but with big angry suspension and knobbly tires and some, you know, some, some armor on it. You know, like I think people would eat that alive. I, I agree. Actually. I, yeah, I think that'd be, I think that'd be really, really cool. Um, it almost sounds to me like 
the ideas we're coming up with are already there in some capacity. <laughs> well, I mean, like if we come up with anything like completely original in the last 45 minutes. No, because that, because thinking well, is hard. Well, and that's kind of the point is the, the you're, you're taking elements of things that already exist. Yeah. Like, like, I mean, I, I, you, there is no Raptor focus. There is no off-road legacy, you know? So I think that you know, we're working with, creating new things but yeah based on ideas or aspects of other things that we like and that's the whole point of the episode it's like i love my outback if someone doesn't want a giant wagon but wants that same kind of feeling let's make something like that you know yeah but to an extent though this i think outside of like the convertible traverse or murano like yeah it was the murano yeah it's it's what we're talking about is there in some extent even if it's just like plastic wheel arch covers like someone's at least trying to market it that way you know what i mean or even like the the miata piece yeah yeah it's a it's an aerial atom is an off-road miata like that's like it doesn't have the miata body on it but that's essentially what you get so it's there in some capacity right well yeah i mean uh i guess we just failed then you know Hey, <laughs> outside of Tristan's first suggestion, I mean, we started at the top. Yeah, we then, really did. Yeah, we started at the top. <laughs> and, and then the, like I said, the convertible SUV thing or the T top H top butts of T's <laughs> tops SUVs. Oh. <laughs> I forgot about that already. Um, <laughs> butts of T stop. A lot of this has probably already been explored in th- by um, some thought experiments within those car companies, I would say. But that's all right. We did our best. It comes from a, come a, comes from an earnest place. Yeah, and it's okay. We can flop on some of these. We don't have to come up with... <laughs> <laughs> they don't have to all be great. Yeah, what the hell? <laughs> all right, that's enough. And on that note, uh, we should probably get everybody out of here because we are struggling through some tech difficulties as well. So before stuff crashes on us, we should get out of here smoothly. So thanks for sticking with us today, everybody. Appreciate you listening. We don't want you just to listen. We want to interact with you. What crazy car cross-pollination combinations would you want to see out there? Have we not thought of? Because apparently we're not the greatest at this. So you're probably better than us. Um, so we already mentioned how to reach out to us, how to find us if you want to share that stuff. Also, as you are listening to us on whatever platform you're streaming through, uh, leave us a review, preferably a good one, and or hit that subscribe button. It doesn't cost you anything, and you'll get notified of any new content we put out. In fact, um, supporting us will not ever cost you anything unless you want it to. Because if you're really into what we're doing and would like to support us monetarily, we do have two options for you to do that. We have a Patreon page, patreon.com slash checkenginepodcast, or there is a support button on our homepage at anchor.fm slash check engine podcast. Whatever you pledge goes to making this a better experience for you, the listener. None of it goes back to us. So if you choose to do so, thank you very, very much in advance. Gentlemen, uh, any last minute thank yous or shout outs before we get off, get out of here. Uh, I mean, I'll thank Tristan for being the only guy to really uh, understand the concept of the exercise. I think. <laughs> yeah, that, that is true. That's very true. Even the guy who thought this up, who suggested it, had absolutely no clue. <laughs> yeah, no, he he crushed it. So Tristan was the MVP of uh, of this week's episode for sure. 
Uh, Tristan? Well, I mean, obviously, thank you for that, but we don't need to get too circular. Um, <laughs> but, uh, no, I like to thank um, my entire local support system as uh, uh, as it becomes remarkably difficult to do things when you have a when you when you have a non-functional leg uh <laughs> like hi i'd like to go do anything that involves standing up and walking sorry no thanks um so incredibly never sprained your ankle for you know apparently <laughs> apparently a not bad sprain uh you know it was it was quite impactful so do you uh, think he's just overreacting andrew is he being overdramatic? If we made him, if he, if we made him can can dancer, that thing could be the size of like a watermelon. I mean, it was it was easily grapefruit size the day it happened. Damn, so it was pretty, it's pretty pretty serious. But oh. you know, at least from what I was described, it was you know, it was it, it gets it gets really bad really fast, and then also heals really fast because it's actually not that bad it's just your body overreacting so um but uh for my entire you know my entire support system like you know i could do the bare minimum to take care of myself but anything else was like hey could you do it um and with a lot of very tolerant people around both uh, my house and the office um that were ah, very uh very amenable to giving me a hand so Thank all you right. to all those folks. You know who you are. And what about you, Nick? Yeah, mine's not necessarily a thank you, just a shout out. Um, after four months of being out away from shitty Wisconsin winters, mm-hmm. um, my parents came back home today to shitty Wisconsin weather. It's uh, but obviously uh, very good to have them back home and back close for the summer months before they, you know, head back out and do their snowbird thing again. So welcome home, mom and dad. All right. Love it. And as always, thank you listeners for your continued support. We love hearing from you. We love recording this for you and we can't wait to speak to you again until we do take care. <laughs> <laughs>